Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And today we have a guest again, a veteran of the podcast, my friend Kat. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining us again. Today <laughs> we will be discussing Mary Poppins. Yeah. Hey, so do I get a jacket because I'm back again? Is that like Matt was talking about that a while back. I, I want a member's jacket. That's yeah, all. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's like yeah. a varsity yes! jacket, and then you get like a new patch every time you're on, on the pertaining back. to the movie that you did. On the back, it says "Gook." Gook. No, we have to come up with something <laughs> better than that. That's weird. Come on, there's spew and there's gook. No, I like it. <sighs> all right. Well, anyway, let's do the 30 second Disney dash then, shall we? Also, I was going between Blimey and Crikey. I didn't know which one to do. No, Crikey, Crikey is like he Australian. He says Crikey in the Does movie, he? though. Yes, in passing. But he says it. Hmm. But is he really doing a Cockney accent? Mm. I like I Blimey. Blimey. Mm-hmm. According to him, um, this is a fun fact I didn't pick, but I'm just going to throw it out there now. Apparently his like vocal coach for that had an even worse Cockney accent than him. But it was actually his accent. Oh, so <laughs> oh, that's kind of fun. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want us to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Oh, brave! All right, <laughs> I'm brave because I feel like I'm gonna fail this so bad. It's been so long. Uh, <laughs> I will too. It's okay. And like so much happens in this movie. Yeah, How do you so much. All right, on your mark, get set, go. Once upon a time, there's this magical nanny named Mary, and she comes down to help out the Banks children, who really are running off all of their nannies because they're being really bad children, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. They live in this crazy household with two maids and a cook. Or, sorry, no, a maid and a cook. And their mom is all excited about votes for women. Mr. Banks, who I, yeah, he's not paying attention to his children. Then there's Bert, who I personally think is in love with Mary. And they go through magical adventures together at the end. <laughs> Ooh, you wrapped that up real neat and tidy. I kind of gave her, like, a warning face. <gasps> How dare you? You, you did. That. Yes. You guys cheated. I'm sorry. 27.84. That's pretty Ooh. good. That was pretty you. good for me losing track halfway through. I thought you you were like, I know I'm running out of time. I'm going to wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> you can go if you want. I can go next. Sure. Okay. On your mark. Good set. Go. The Banks children keep running away, and then they want to hire a new nanny. Mr. Banks puts all these rules out, but then the kids write a letter, and it gets ripped up, and then it gets sent, and Mary finds it, and she comes and becomes the nanny, and then go- takes them on all of these adventures through a chalk painting and um, something else. I don't remember. <laughs> and then there's Bert, and he's a chimney sweep, and then they go, and they sing Step in Time, and then it's the end. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? 22.47. Oh, you tricked me. I thought for sure I was almost up because of your face. I didn't even give you a look. I wasn't even making a look, I swear. All right. Are you ready? No. Go. The Banks family is kind of in trouble because they're kind of like disconnected. So then this magical nanny comes. She teaches them all these lessons, but it's all fun. 
Uh, they go through all these adventures like chalk paintings and penguins dancing and uh, other stuff that I can't sum up because it's only 30 seconds. And then uh, the dad realizes he needs to be there for his family and they all come back together. 19.9. Woo! Dang it. Success. Great success. Great success. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is the plot off of the DVD. I pulled it right off of there. But it's like, I think it's like an anniversary edition. So I don't know if this is like, it can't be what was on the original. I couldn't find what was like on the original release, like plot breakdown summary. Well, sorry. What kind of podcaster are you? I know. I tried. (laughs) So if you can find it, let me know. But this is what it says right now. Would you like to read it? Because you seemed really excited about it. No, go for it. This is you. All right. Experience the extraordinary animation, dazzling special effects, and award-winning music of Walt Disney's Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Join the practically perfect Mary Poppins. Poppins. Poppins for a jolly holiday as she magically turns every chore into a game and every day into a whimsical adventure. Along the way, you'll be enchanted by unforgettable characters such as the multi-talented Chimney Sweep, Unpack Mary's magical carpet bag full of bonus features. You won't need a spoonful of sugar to love every moment of this timeless Disney classic. That is so cheesy and amazing. (laughs) Oh my god. It's great. (laughs) I was like, do you want to throw any other song titles in there? (laughs) Like, all the songs were listed. Chim Chimney cheerful watching this movie. You'll be stepping in time. You'll be wanting to feed the birds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get some history. So, Mary Poppins is from 1964. It is an American musical fantasy film, and that's a new genre, apparently. And it is directed <laughs> by Robert Stevenson, who has done a ton, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And produced by Walt himself. Um, and all of the music is by our buddies, the Sherman Bros., the screenplay is by Bill Walsh and Don DeGrady, and it is based on lovely P.L. Travers' book called Mary Poppins. It's very difficult to get the rights for this. Just a little bit. Go and watch Saving Mr. Banks for more information. Oh my god, I love that movie so, so much. So do I! I know, it's so good. Um, so, the film combines a ton of live action and animation And this is Julie Andrews' feature film debut, which let me tell you, she does quite well for herself as her first time in a film. She knocked it out of the park. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, quite literally, because she won a ton of awards for it, but we'll get to that in a second. So I was about to say, I can't wait to talk about that. I know. (laughs) Um, So... Mary Poppins visits a dysfunctional family in London and employs her unique brand of lifestyle to improve the family dynamic. I like so, that it basically just implies right there that she employed herself. She She's did. like, yeah, I'm the person. For yeah, the job. that's me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. on top of having Julie Andrews, we also have Dick Van Dyke, David Tomlinson, and Glennis Johns in the supporting roles. Um, the film was entirely shot at Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California. Not in London? No, they used painted London background scenes. <gasps> and we all knew that. Yeah. They've never done that before. Never. But it's kind of funny because, so, like, I didn't, honestly, when watching this, I didn't know that it was filmed just at Burbank. 
I didn't know. So you um, told me like halfway. Yeah, because there's this one street that kind of looks like one of the streets that Mary takes them to in Mary Poppins Returns. And it's a very famous street in London. And we went there when we were over in London. So I was like, Katie's like, is that the same street? And I was like, let me look it up. So then I looked it up and I'm like, no, they built all of these sets and the backgrounds are paintings. No. So I believe your exact words were. No, the windows aren't curved, which they're just not made bowed. Me, well, not bowed, which made me love you even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, otherwise, it did look very much like that it street. Did. But anyway, because um, I was like, oh, well, did they film some things in London? But no, they didn't. So um, it was released on August 27th in 1964, like I said before. To critical acclaim, it received a total of 13 Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture. And this is a record for any film released by Walt Disney Studios. It won five Best Actress for Julie Andrews, Best Film Editing, Best Original Music Score, Best Visual Effects, and Best Original Song for Chim Chim Cheree. Also in 2013, the film was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I would say it fits that bill pretty well. I mean, like, Walt had done live action and animation together, but, like, never this well. It's so good. I mean, I think it's of like, like seamless. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are parts like whenever they're dancing with the penguins and like Bert is like kicking his legs and the penguins are going between his legs and everything. And I was like, I honestly, I was like, how did they do that? I, like, know, I, was just, I, like, know. I don't know how they did it. And this is a film from the 60s. Like, think of how amazing that looked. It looked amazing mm-hmm. to me in 1920. Imagine watching this in 1964. Well, Excuse and like, me, what year is it? Did I say 1920? Yeah. I meant 20. <laughs> it sure feels, feels like 1920. 1920. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, because, yeah, I watched it on, I want to say it was 4K or HD last night. And, like, you can't even, because one of the cool things I think with Disney Plus right now is in the 4K, you can see, like, sketch marks in a lot of the original animated films, which is oh. so cool. But with, like, this one, like, it's almost, you literally can't tell the difference, which is... Yeah fantastic for the year it was made like that's amazing like shout out to all those artists who made this film possible for sure teddy's a fan yeah teddy liked it too but but yeah like honestly just just thinking about like how amazed we are at certain special effects and animation in 2020 um (laughs) just like just think about being back in 1964 and having this movie come to the theaters and watching it like literally you'd be like blown away my mind would just be i need to ask my mom if she saw this in theaters and like what she thought of it i want to know yeah she doesn't seem to have like gone to see a lot of disney movies when she was younger though i asked her about other ones and she was like i've never heard of that i'm like i thought you were a disney fan um all right, so Walt considered Mary Poppins um, – oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Mary Poppins is considered Walt's crowning live-action achievement, and he actually thought so himself. And it is only one of his films which earned a Best Picture nomination during his lifetime. Disney has won other ones since this, but in Walt's mm-hmm. lifetime. Um. I don't know. Okay, sorry. I'm just like, what? You're right. Yeah. 
According to the 40th anniversary DVD release of the film in 2004, Disney's daughters fell in love with the Mary Poppins book and made him promise to make a film based on them. His daughters are Sharon and Diane. So, uh, film, it was filmed entirely indoors in all four sound stages on the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. Cherry Tree Lane, the park, the exterior of St. Paul's Cathedral, it took up all, all of the four stages. So, um, with five wins out of 13 nominations in total, this movie marked Walt Disney's single most successful night at the Academy Awards. Never before or since, as of 2016 at least. I think even now, I think even since 2020. 1920? Uh, <laughs> has a single Disney movie won as many Oscars in one evening. I can't think of a current one that has. I mean, no, there hasn't been. Mm-mm. Honestly, no. mostly now the only things that they win is Best Animation, and that would just be Best Animated Film. Can you count all the ones they got for The Seven Dwarfs? <laughs> that was one <laughs> big Oscar. <laughs> And that wasn't actually, like, I mean, it was. It was like a. It was just like a fun. It was an actual, but slash honorary. Right. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. right. That was a long time ago. It was. Um, Mm -hmm. This was also the only movie personally produced by Walt that was nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. So this was like quite literally his baby. I think he I mean he I, put a lot of effort into getting to make this on top of dude actually doing it this probably I think he may have worked hardest on this yeah it was like all mm-hmm. encompassing I think it took the most effort to produce and get to a finished product yeah just from like the mm-hmm. history on it alone right it's crazy so Walt first attempted to purchase the movie rights as early as 1938 from P.L. Travers. Mm-hmm. She did not like his offer, rejected it. She didn't believe that a movie version would do justice to her creation. Um, and another reason was that that would have, you know, that would have been at the time Walt Disney Studios, like they hadn't even produced a live action movie at that point. They were really just doing little animations so it didn't really fit the bill for them um so she, she was skeptical saw like i'm not gonna have my characters yeah. turned into some cartoons right you know what i mean yeah which is still would have been phenomenal okay which she like kind i mean if we're basing true history off of saving mr banks then that was pretty much what she thought yeah she was like um no so Um, Anyway, P.L. Travers finally did give in and sell the rights to Walt in 1961, although she retained script approval rights. So one of the reasons prompting her to do so was a decline in her book sales. Hmm. Money sure does talk. It does. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of like super surprised that Walt gave into that, though, because I feel like he was definitely a control freak when it comes to projects like this. So having to like get something as huge as the script approved, like, through somebody else, I can imagine frustrated him. I feel like he wanted it made so bad that he just kind of, like, went, nah, give her whatever. Yeah. He made a promise to his girls. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came through. So the planning and composing of the songs took about two and a half years. Um, so this was a tremendous amount of work, and it was not until P.L. Travers arrived that it became known that Disney only had an option on the rights and that Travers had not yet signed the contract. So they <laughs> had been working on these, and Walt hadn't told them that he didn't officially have the rights yet. That is so Walt. I know. <laughs> Probably just because he was like, I just, you know, like, once I get these signed, I want to go, you know? So he knew that this was going to take a lot of work to, like, get the songs right, be what they wanted it to be. So he fibbed a little bit and basically just left out the fact that the contract wasn't signed yet. But it all ended up being okay, so it's fine. Roy leaves a few days. He puts gold on the castle. He doesn't tell his people (laughs) that, you know, he doesn't have the rights. No big deal. (laughs) Um, So... Song So the Sherman Brothers wrote over 30 songs during the various stages of the movie's development. That's crazy. So I, I would say that there's maybe, let's see, what are they? So we have Feed the Birds. We have Spoonful of Sugar, Supercalifragilisticexp... Wait, yeah. yeah. Super, <laughs> I was like, is that its own song or does that go with something else? <laughs> um, Chim Chim Cheree, Step in Time. The song that the bank dude sings. Yep. We have, there's got to be more. We have under 10. Let's go fly a kite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's probably close to at least 10, mm-hmm. if not more. Because I'm, like, three. And then there's, like, Mr. Banks sings, like, a yeah. song sometime that isn't at the bank, Ooh, but, like, it's home. Votes for Women. Votes for Women. Mm-hmm. We're probably looking at about 10. Not 30. Right. So that means somewhere out there there's two-thirds more songs that we can listen to <laughs> that I wonder... If they'll ever get released. I don't know. Maybe they are on the DVD. Oh, maybe. We should have looked at that. It said, unpack Mary's carpet bag of bonus features. Shoot, man. All right, well. Sorry, guys. That's for a later episode. So this was the top grossing movie of 1964 and the top grossing Disney movie for for 20 years. Wow, all um, the way till 1940? Will you go home? <laughs> I am home. <laughs> um, the, the financial success of Mary Poppins brought Walt Disney the money needed to expand Wed Enterprises, which is now Imagineering. And he titled the new branch MAPO, short for Mary Poppins. That's cute. Also, uh, it's 100% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's some serious freshness. It is. And Walt Disney Pictures' first DVD release. Mm -hmm. Also, as most of you probably know, there is a sequel called Mary Poppins Returns that came out about a year and a half ago. I'm just going to go ahead and call Saving Mr. Banks, Mary Poppins, and Mary Poppins Returns a trilogy. (laughs) Right? Yes. Please go watch them in that order, and you'll appreciate them even more. (laughs) Yes. And Mary Poppins Returns is actually a very good sequel. I think so, too. I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love Emily Blunt. Me, too. She is. She's awesome. Also coming She brings her own flair. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Will Smith being the genie. Yeah. It's that kind of, mm-hmm. like, 
you're not trying to overshadow what this but other person did, right. but you're still giving your own twist and you're still keeping true to the character. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. watching Return or watching Mary Poppins again for the first time since a very long time after seeing Mary Poppins Returns, there's a lot of parallels that I was like, oh, I really appreciate that now. Yeah. It's like you get yeah. the song with like the equivalent to Bert. Yes. And you get like all of. All of the lamplighters, just like the chimney sweeps, did it, and there's a kite still. I don't know. There's just, like, there's so many (laughs) cute little parallels. Like, I kind of compare the Royal Dalton music hall section to the Mm -hmm. chalk painting, and it's just, like, very similar. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so cute. Um, So I told y'all. I was going to have a couple of funny stories from my childhood about this movie because I grew up watching this a lot with my mom. And so talking about sequels, I used to think, because uh, the actor who plays Mr. Banks uh, was in Ben Obbs and Broomsticks with Angela Lansbury. And I used to think Mr. Banks and that character were the same person and that they were two (laughs) of the same movies like Mary <laughs> Poppins was before that one obviously but like Angela Lansbury like her character <laughs> was like with Mary I don't know I had like this whole idea in my head as a kid that they were both the same like movie sequel that's so cute that's hilarious I have never <laughs> and seen it wasn't until I was adult it's so good I know we'll get to it yeah we will mm-hmm. also so um fun fact is that <clears throat> Winifred is in Rob Roy, right? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Rob Roy and The Sword and the Rose from like 10 years ago. And we... Oh my gosh. Yeah. She like plays the... I think she plays Rob Roy's love interest. And so. then she plays in Sword and the Rose. She plays King Richard's daughter maybe i can't remember but she's in both of those and i was as soon as she came on the screen i remembered i was like oh my gosh she was in other things i remember talking about that when we were watching those and being like she'll come back in mary poppins and, and there she is that's why we're doing this in timeline fashion i it's know so cool. it's just fun it's so cool mm-hmm. uh, okay so can we take a second and talk about saving mr banks before we go to fun facts sure So, Saving Mr. Banks, I highly recommend watching for anybody who just, like, loves history background on, like, popular movies. Yes. Because it's so cool to see the process and actually, like, also understand P.L. Travers and and why she didn't want to give this up. She's a complex woman. She's very complex. And Mm -hmm. also, isn't she played by... Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Who is, like, the Queen. best. I mean, like, the fact that she can play P.L. Travers and Professor Trelawney and be in love, actually, side by side with Alan Rickman, it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that those were your, your two other comparisons. That was brilliant. I, I love Emma Thompson. I think she's fantastic, she's and she did such best. a good job, like, you hated PL in the beginning, and then as it went on, you, like, felt, you felt for bad. her. Yeah. 
Also, Tom Hanks as Walt is perfect. He's great. You forgot Mrs. Potts. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. And Mrs. Potts. Oh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Live action. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just highly recommend watching it because it helps give you insight into like what Walt went through to try to get to bring this movie to life. And then it also discusses like the Sherman brothers writing the music. You get to kind of see how they like win over P.L. Travers with their song. Let's go fly a kite. Yes. It's just so heartwarming and also super informative for people who like that sort of um, movie. So, yeah, just shouting it out for sure. Okay, you can go on to your fun facts now. Okay, guys, this was like this was like my heaven. I think Katie's probably going to be talking for an hour. So let's just, you know, buckle in. Okay, so like I go and I was like, all right, this is Mary Poppins. There's going to be a whole lot. Oh, Oh, <laughs> gold mine of fun facts. And I pared it down even, but they're just all, they were actually all really cool. So I figured I would share. So if you get tired of me talking, I pretend I'm someone else. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't know that Julie Andrews was a dame. Yes. So that's really cool. Because um, she's epic. Yeah, she is. So Julie Andrews, wherever you are, please stay safe. We yes. all love you. Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> please. Julie Andrews, Betty White. Just, Dick you know, Dick Van Dyke, Meryl Streep, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Y'all need to just be in like an Bubble. airtight container right now. And Yo. can I join you? Because, you know, oh, thank you. Um, okay, so Dame Queen, amazing, awesome, Julie Andrews. She initially Ooh, I'm so hesitated sorry. taking the part of Mary Poppins. Uh, she had been hoping that Jack Warner would ask her to star as Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. But she didn't get it. And she later actually thanked him for making a good movie, My Fair Lady, and for allowing her success in Mary Poppins. So Yeah, because I wonder... Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I can't wait till we talk about awards because her speech is so epic when she talks about that because her and Audrey Hepburn were both nominated against each other for those roles that year and she thanks jack in the speech and it's like a little like ha you could have had me but (laughs) i did this and i'm great now don't get me wrong i love audrey hepburn and both julie andrews equally like if you know me you know that about me but it's this awesome like yeah i did my first movie and won an oscar from it what you gonna do now (laughs) moment so anyway we're gonna talk about that later but (laughs) you missed out on all this um, I think it's really cool that, like, this is a good parallel to be, like, when one door closes, another opens. For sure. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things happen for a reason. And mm-hmm. Julie Andrews has to know that she was just meant to play Mary at this point, you know? Like, it's just, it's the perfect role. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, <laughs> this is hilarious. Many of the nannies in that queue outside that were applicants for the nanny job at the bank's house... Um, many of them are actually men in drag. Oh, really? Yeah, which makes me, I don't know, watching them fly <laughs> away, I was dying on the that couch, like, so I forgot fun. about it. And then, like, now knowing as a bunch of guys and 
dresses, which is nothing wrong if guys want to wear dresses, but they were all nannies, and that's hilarious. Watching all of them fly away made me think of the Wicked Witch of the West for some reason. <laughs> it was <just> like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh my god, they all look like witches flying away. I just like how one was like gripping the gate. I'm still holding onto their hat like it's so important. Uh, oh. um, <laughs> so, do you guys remember the snow globe from the movie? Yeah. They talk about yes. um, St. Paul's. Birds. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the chief archivist at the Walt Disney Archives, Dave Smith went, went on a search for that snow globe for the, from the movie. Um, and he finally found it on a shelf in a janitor's office. And the janitor said, oh, I saw it sitting in a trash can and I thought it was too pretty to be thrown away. So I kept it. That's I'm awesome. sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> right? So some dude just they just tossed it out, and some guy just found it and kept it for himself. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And now it's like this famous prop from this massive movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, one of Julie Andrews' favorite songs was Stay Awake. That's another one we didn't oh, think yeah. about. Okay, so we're up to 10 mm-hmm. for sure there. Um, and when she heard that there was plans to delete it, she wrote to P.L. Travers, and then she, once hearing Julie say that, immediately insisted that the song stay in the movie. I think it's a cute song. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cute, mm-hmm. especially because yeah. like it shows that like kids are just kids and like, and you're kind of doing that reverse psychology on them. Yeah, <laughs> my mom used to sing that as a lullaby. I love that song. Oh, that's, that's awesome. so sweet. Um, so Walt cast Julie Andrews for the lead, Mary Poppins, after seeing her in Camelot on Broadway. Um, she was like, "Just so you know, I'm pregnant," and he said, "All right, I'll wait until after you have the baby." We'll halt filming into then. And then he also offered her then-husband, Tony Walton, the job of designing costumes and some sets for the movie. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And That's he also really cool. gave them a personal escorted tour of Disneyland to help them make up their minds to join the film. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> Can we go back in time? I, right. want, I want Walt to offer me a private tour of Disneyland. <laughs> I, I want that. Right? Dang. I know. Okay. Um. Quick side fun fact. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, my grandparents actually saw Julie Andrews in Camelot. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Right Where, before all that Was happened. it like in New York or London? It was in, I believe it was in New York, but I could be hmm. wrong because they did travel a lot back then for, I don't know why, but they did. That is <laughs> But so I believe cool. it was New York. That's awesome. That's yeah. like, um, didn't Sarah's mom meet no not Sarah's mom. somebody sarah knows met frank sinatra yeah like what that's crazy i think her aunt maybe maybe i don't know um you know that scene where mr dawes senior so this is the head bank guy and he's like trying to get off of the step oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. trying not to fall because he's got this cane and he's all wobbly because he's like a thousand years old can we really for a quick second here Dick i'm Van really Dyke? sorry no don't be sorry to talk about how fantastic Dick Van Dyke is in this film, and I literally cannot believe he oh, did not God. win an Oscar either. He didn't even get nominated. That is bonkers. He got nominated for a Golden Globe, but he didn't get the Oscar nomination, I believe. Did he win the Golden Globe? I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. Maybe He, he was got, robbed. I don't I think agree. he got nominated. I, I'm going to look this up. Anyway, that scene was not originally in the script. So, hold on. It's so funny. I know. There was a makeup test um, for Dick Van Dyke in one of the rooms. 
And Walt Disney saw him entertaining crew members, like, doing that, acting like he was this old man trying to step off a curb without hurting himself. <laughs> so Walt saw it, thought it was hilarious, and he's like, you got to do that. <laughs> That's now awesome. Um, the Step in Time sequence had to be filmed twice because there was a scratch on the film for the first take. Oh, oh. my God, no. And the entire sequence took a week to film. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I would have been, like, I get mad when I delete a file on my computer that I've been working on. Can you imagine doing that? That's the, like, a really, really long dance number. And it's just like, oh, let's do it again because the film was scratched. That, oh, God. No, man. That's that's a problem with old film. Yeah. Yes. Did not get nominated for an Oscar. You know what, world? Did not win the Golden Globe, but was nominated. Like. This hurts my heart. Travesty. That is a crime. Travesty. Ridiculous. Meg. Is this true? Apparently, in Walt Disney World, in the Lost and Found in Frontierland, there's supposed to be a wooden leg wooden leg with the word Smith on it. What do you mean in the Lost and Found? I don't know. That's just what it said. <laughs> what? Apparently, it's supposed to reference the joke. I feel like a really bad cast member. I, I, I don't know. Is it <laughs> like... Two of us. This also confuses me because Lost and Found at Magic Kingdom is, is a hub that everything from all the lands go to. So, like, the lands themselves don't have, like, oh, right, this is Right, that's Lost where and Found. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know. And where in Frontierland? Because that makes a difference. Wait, wait, wait. I think I know where it is. Do tell. Lost and Found at the train station in Frontierland. There's, like, in the train, like, depot... They have all that stuff that's always like around. I feel like I saw that and it's in a it's like in a case and you can see it like on the shelf in the station. I don't know, someone out there who is able to go to well, you can't go to Disney now, wah, wah, but who can go, please find out. I wanna know. I need to know. <laughs> the train is closed for like over a year too. We're never so gonna like know. how are we ever gonna know? <laughs> no. <sighs> all right. I need to write this down, and every time we go to Disney, I need to try to go and look. Yeah, agreed. I okay. If I get to go before y'all, I'll let you know. Yes. Okay. All right. It's a pact. I'm going to make it my mission. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julie Andrews provided the whistling for the animatronic Robin during Spoonful of Sugar. She also had several yards of control wires hidden under her costume and running up her sleeve. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I was... I was wondering if there was going to be more about the Robin and, like, how Imagineering must have built it. It looked so cool. It looked very good. It looked way better than the Tiki Bird Rooms. I mean, Tiki Room Birds. The Tiki Bird Rooms? Guys, I am having trouble talking you today. Okay? I'm sorry. I love those birds. I like I know, them, too, too. But yes. I feel like the Robin just is better. I also... In terms of fluidity. I agree. I didn't see mm-hmm. this in this list of fun facts, but I remember seeing somewhere that when this movie came out, the Robin, the whole Robin thing was, like, confusing because there's a difference between an American Robin and a British Robin, and this is supposed to be set in London, and that was an American Robin, and they were like, what is this bird? Mm. They did it wrong because Walt is I American. I want to see so. what a... They're, like, light. They're not black. They're, like, a lighter brown, I believe. 
An English robin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're like a light color with a... With red. I don't know, they kind of looked similar, didn't they? <clears throat> no, it's totally... Ours are black. Look, that one's totally brown. Look it up, oh. grown-up kids. Yeah, that's a little different. Mm-hmm. I would say it's, like, tiny bit different. Can you imagine all these kids who are like, that's not a robin? What the heck are they talking about? <laughs> What's wrong I mean, with it? It's still a cute it's, bird. It's close. Um, okay. The filmmakers didn't tell Karen Dotrice or Mathen Garber, who are Jane and Michael, about some of the surprises that were going to show up in the movie so they could actually get a real reaction from these that's kids. That's cool. Um, so when Jane has this dumbfounded look on her face when Mary Poppins takes item after item out of the carpet bag, like, that was a real surprise. Um, her little <laughs> scream when Mary Poppins, gi- Mary Poppins gives them medicine of different colors, that was genuine. Um, they The kids also weren't told that Dick Van Dyke was going to be acting as Mr. Dawes Sr. So they were super worried about the horrible old man who was going to fall down and die at any moment. Oh. <laughs> but here it is, it's just Dick Van Dyke acting. <laughs> Can we talk about how... He looks like that now in, like, real life. <laughs> I said that last night. I literally said that last night. I was like, yeah. he turned in. He turned in to Mr. Dawes. <laughs> Dude, Dick Van Dyke is like, we don't deserve him. He he's went, so awesome. He was at some Bernie rally because he really likes Bernie, and he was speaking, and he's like, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I'm what's left of Dick Van Dyke. Like, what? <laughs> That's the kind of old person I want to be. He also made a video with his GMR animatronic that evidently Disney just gave him. What? As Bert. That's awesome. Yeah, he made a Bernie video with him. Like, it's in his house and he's sitting next to it. And I was like, what? That's That's where that went? That's awesome. I guess when you're Dick Van Dyke, that stuff just happens. I mean, he's like a Disney legend. He deserves it. That's true. Yeah. Um, so this movie, as of 2006, holds the record of having the longest in-print status on video. It has not once been out of print, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Dick Van Dyke, he does consider this to be the best movie he has appeared in, um, but he still, to this day, thinks he was miscast as Bert. He made suggestions either for Jim Dale, Ron Moody. He thinks that they would have played it better. But everyone's their own worst critic, Jim right? Dale? Like, like the Jim Dale that read the Harry Potter books, Jim Dale? I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. Did, does he act? I love Jim Dale. <laughs> Meg. I'm Can not look sure. That up? There's got to be more than one Jim Dale, right? I don't know. No, he's an <gasps> actor and a narrator. How cool oh my god world's colliding if that's gonna blow your mind wait till i come up to one later you're gonna like it a lot wait wait (laughs) oh wait no never mind there's it's so funny his his wikipedia page his photo is a picture of him and glenn close and i was like are they married but it's just like him and co-star glenn close i'm like why would they pick that picture for his wikipedia page (laughs) never mind go ahead okay Um, My God, my mind is blown. I'm sorry. Go ahead. For real. The character (laughs) of George Banks was based on um, P.L. Travers' father, Travers Mm -hmm. Robert Goff. Um, And as we've said, I highly suggest you see Saving Mr. Banks. In fact, go watch Saving Mr. Banks, Mary Poppins, and then Mary Poppins Returns. Correct. Yep. Um, uh, Robert Sherman was on search 
for about two weeks, he really wanted a catchy phrase that could be Mary Poppins' anthem. Um, so his young son, Jeff, came home from school one day and said he got a polio vaccine. And thinking the vaccine was a shot, Sherman said, did it hurt? And Jeff said, no, they just gave it to me on a cube of sugar and I swallowed it down. So Sherman had this idea all of a sudden and he tried it with his brother the next morning and that is how a spoonful of sugar was born. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's not, I think, saving Mr. Banks, right? I think it is, actually. I have not watched... I need to watch that movie again. It, oh, but... it is! I remember that now. Yeah, it's been a while, but I yeah. totally remember that. Now that mm-hmm. we say that, yeah, I remember. That's cool. If they put that in because of that, or... I don't know. Did you have something you wanted to add, Kat? No, oh, that was me just my hand. I'm really okay. sorry. No, it's I'm okay. Just stretching. <laughs> Um, so Matthew Garber, again, who played Michael, he had to be paid 10 cents every time they filmed the tea party scene because he was really afraid of heights. So they had to bribe him for every take. (laughs) That's (laughs) hilarious. Also, can we, I'm sorry, I just keep saying, can we talk about, but can we We talk about how I literally just keep thinking about Thomasina every time I see those kids now because both of them are in that movie and the little girl is just so obsessed with that cat and I'm just like I feel like Thomasina should be here <laughs> dude Thomasina maybe Thomasina is Mary Poppins cat oh my god right yes that's, that's why it. she comes back to life yeah spoiler Thomasina 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 I think I said that when she came on screen um okay <laughs> So a little bit of backstory on P.L. Travers. Um, She was adamant that in this movie there should be no suggestion of any kind of romance between Mary Poppins and Bert. So um, False. It is there. It's so there. So, you know, Walt referenced that in Jolly Holiday, because why not? You know, she said no, and he did it anyway. Um, Travers also wanted the animated chalk drawing sequence removed. No. 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 Walt gonna walt? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reportedly, Travers did approve of the casting of Julie Andrews, but she hated the movie so much she left the premiere in tears. So over the top. I'm sorry. This movie is amazing. (laughs) Supposedly. So saving Mr. Banks was wrong there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Supposedly, the thing she objected to most was um, in the books, Mary Poppins is cold and intimidating. Um, And in the movie, she's obviously warm and cheery she has a rosy disposition right um she also took issue with the ending in which miss mrs winifred banks gives up campaigning for women's rights to stay home as a housewife well yeah um but in a rare 1977 interview she did say that she thought the movie was well made and had a lot of positive aspects to it however she felt it was so different from the books that she wasn't happy with the final product so i think really this was just so. Literally, this book is like a translation of her childhood. Right. And her it's dealing very personal, with stuff. Right. So I get so it. It's kind of like she wants to play that hard to get. She wants to be protective of it. She wants to be difficult about it, but she wants to praise it at the same time. It's, right. You know, I can get why she was so back and forth about it. It makes me feel for her because she clearly had a lot mm-hmm. of. She had some stuff to work through. Right. Um, at the time, this was the most expensive movie produced by Walt Disney Pictures. Uh, the budget's estimated at $4,400,000 to $6 million. Can you imagine 
them making a film nowadays for six million dollars? Like, how yeah. many films <laughs> actually only cost six million dollars now? That's like what, none. That's like probably the salary for one of the actors now. <laughs> that, that's about right. Maybe even more. God, I'm in the wrong profession. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're preaching to the choir with <laughs> We think you're a Julie Andrews cat. Yeah. Aww, y'all are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the song Let's Go Fly a Kite was inspired by the Sherman Brothers' father, Al Sherman, who made kites for neighborhood, ki- neighborhood kids as a weekend hobby. And I liked this because I didn't quite get, like, now it makes total sense, but in the movie, the broken kite represents the broken family. Mm -hmm. So when Mr. Banks mends the kite with four pieces taped on the back together, it's the four members of the family being reunited. And also by transforming her suffragette ribbon into the kite's tail, that is Mrs. Banks saying, I'm going to be more committed to my family. I mean, like, I like that she wants to be more committed to her family, but that also doesn't mean that she should give up on votes for women. I agree. She, You can do both. There's a balance. Yeah. Get your kids involved in it. Yes. I was about to say the same thing. Like, I agree. I think she should have stayed involved in the votes for women because, like, that whole opening number with her is great. But yeah. then you have the moments where, like, she literally turns to Bert when he brings the kids home and goes... Oh, you're here. You're with them. Just watch them. No one else can. <laughs> like that. That's a, so such. A, I, I was sitting there last night going, "Wow." Just, yeah. And then she runs off like, "Bye." And I'm like, "You would. No one would ever do that ever." I like, know. Also, like no. when the kids go missing, she's like, "Oh, Mr. Banks hates it when they do that." And it's like, "Your kids are missing." <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just like so detached from them. I think she just needs the balance of all the things she loves in life. Yeah, she mm-hmm. needs to find balance. Yeah, and to be more in the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, so here is some really cool, a little sappy um, Walt history. So Feed the Birds was Walt's all-time favorite song, like, ever. I think of any song he's done. Um, so numerous times at the end of the workday on a Friday at around 5.30 or so, Walt would pick up the phone and call Robert Sherman and ask him to drop by his office. And when he would get there, all Walt would say is, play it. And he would know that that meant he wanted to play Feed the Birds. And so he would play it, and every time Walt would say how much he loved it, and then he would say, okay, have a nice weekend. So many years later, in 2001, there was a celebration of what would have been Walt's 100th birthday, um, which included the dedication of the famous statue of Disney holding hands with Mickey. Um, So... Robert Sherman with his piano in front of the castle. He played a couple songs and he concluded with what he told the crowd was Walt's favorite, saying that he would play he was playing it just for Walt. So after he completed the song, he blew a kiss to the statue. And just as he was finishing, a bird flew out of nowhere and passed directly over Robert Sherman. Oh my gosh. Um, and in the video of that performance, you can see the shadow of the bird as it passed overhead. And Sherman said that the bird was a loving gesture from Walt. Right? Oh. Oh my god. Right? I, I want to cry. I know, so do I. <laughs> all just gonna oh, my like, heart. I know. We're all just going to burst into tears. I just love, I just love Walt. Yeah. I feel like if I watched that video, I would just, like, cry. Especially yeah, knowing that it was his favorite mm-hmm. now. And yeah. that they had that special moment together. 
You guys done hearing me talk yet? No, go for it. This is awesome. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So David Tomlinson, who played Mr. Banks, he's also voiced several of the animated characters that Bert and Mary encounter in the chalk drawing. So he was a penguin waiter. Um, He was the jockey who lets Mary Poppins pass on her carousel horse. He also voices the parrot umbrella handle at the end of the movie. Um, Are you ready for this? Yes. Original choices for George Banks included Richard Harris... Oh my god, more Harry Potter connections. <laughs> Terry Thomas, yes. George Sanders, James Mason, and Donald Sutherland. Oh, oh. a Hunger Games connection there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Right? I was like, <gasps> Richard Harris! <laughs> I wonder what he looked like in the 60s, because I just think of him as Dumbledore. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so the Sherman brothers <clears throat> came up with the idea of Mrs. Banks being involved in the suffragette cause suffragettes as a reason to explain why she was neglectful to her children so i don't know oh richard harris you handsome man he's quite dapper oh my gosh i could see him being mr banks yeah mm-hmm. my goodness richard harris um so i don't know why the mom wasn't around in the books i forget wasn't she sick or something wasn't her mom sick no, her dad was sick. I don't know. I don't know what the reason actually was. But this was their way of putting into the movie why she wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to this 1964 premiere, Walt had not personally attended a studio premiere since Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. All- oh. Dwarves? Dwarves all the way back in 1937. He had not attended a Haley Mills premiere? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> What? Nope. The parent trap? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually surprising because you'd think he would have been there for like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Fantasia. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. So Larry or Laurie Thomas, uh, she's the woman in the carriage who blows a kiss at Bert during Chim Chim Cherie. That was actually Julie Andrews stand-in. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, More about good old P.L. Travers, she never forgave Walt for what she saw as a vulgar and disrespectful adaption (laughs) of her Mary Poppins novels. Um, In 1993, that was 29 years after the release of the movie, uh, Cameron McIntosh approached her about making a musical version of her work. At first she said no, uh, because she was like, no, the movie ruined it, I'm never ever going to let anyone do an adaption of my series again, but she finally gave in. Uh, it took a lot of pleading to get her to agree to use the songs from the Disney movie. As long as there could be no Americans participating in the development of the movie, there could be no one involved from the movie version itself, even though the Sherman brothers were alive and well and still working. Oh my god! None of them could participate. Um, and I feel a little bit bad because after her death in 96, the Walt Disney Company did get some creative involvement in it, and it opened in London's West End in 2004, and then in Broadway in 2006. But it did get seven Tony nom- uh, Tony Award nominations. Well, of course it did, because they got the Sherman Brothers involved. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. She had a grudge. Wow. Yeah. She's crusty. She's a little crusty about it. But, you know, that's her baby. She's cantankerous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cherry blossom, cherry tree blossoms 
on Cherry Tree Lane were made of plastic and imported from France and Portugal, and each leaf and bloom was hand-mounted. Wow. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they still have a cherry tree somewhere from it that they, like, have on a studio tour. Do they, like, have it at the studios somewhere just as, like, decor in one of the buildings? Because that's not really, like, a public building. Like, you can't really go in there unless you pay Mm -hmm. for, like, the super expensive Adventures by Disney tour. So, I don't know. Maybe. You used to be able to see Mary's Carousel Horse. Where was that? Um... Great movie ride. Yes, when in oh, the queue, yeah. either the queue or after. It was yeah. in the it was in the queue because it was, um, it was the last one you saw before you went into the screening right. room, before the loading dock. For anyone who doesn't know, Cat worked on the Great Movie Ride, so that's why she sounds so extra sad because it's not around <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's not, but the new ride is really cute. Small plug. I've heard lots of good things, and they pay a lot of homage to Great Movie Ride, so. That's, That's good. good. I can't wait to ride it. I know it's like I wish I could have both. <laughs> I know. Can't you just like have built Mickey and Minnie's somewhere else? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> keep keep great movie ride. Just update yeah. a bit, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. No. Spoiler alert! Uh, I freaked out because the screening room where the screen is is actually the entrance for the ride. They like made it look like Goofy blasted a hole in it, and I screamed when I watched a live video of it. I went, "Oh, what that's cool! <laughs> that's cool! Like, that's so cool! Yeah, it's really cool." But, I have uh, avoided all things, yeah. man. Yeah, I know. We've been really good. I have had so many opportunities to watch videos, and I was like, "No, don't do it." No. Nope. Anyway, off topic. But yes, it yeah. used to live in the Great Movie Ride. Yep. Um. So Bert, he's actually a combination of several of Mary Poppins' friends that we meet from the book. So I think that's kind of cool for a movie to do. Instead of doing all these characters, they kind of mashed them all into this one really eccentric, cool guy. He's the coolest guy. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. one of the... Sk- there was a minor um, character who was a chimney sweep in the book, and I think they, like, someone sketched him or something, and that was the inspiration for Chim Chim Tree. Hmm. Which is kind of an enormously chim, big chim, part of the movie. Chim, chim, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it took over 100 glass and matte paintings to recreate the London sky of 1910. And it was quite gorgeous up there. Wow. Um, a sequence known as the Magic Compass that consisted of four songs was dropped from the movie in pre-production. So one of those songs was the beautiful Briny, which resurfaced in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh. I told you they matched together. <laughs> you see, that. you're not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. And the melody for another song from this from the sequence "The Land of Sand" was used for "Trust in Me," the Python song in the Jungle Book. Just it just had completely different lyrics. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So always reusing things. Also, in the sequence where they are in the chalk drawing and they're like dancing. It's Mary and Bert, and they're doing, they're dancing in, like, the barnyard. That cow looks exactly like the cow from 101 Dalmatians, so you yes. know they reuse that animation. Mm-hmm. At least the stylization of it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, as we were watching it, Meg goes, that's a chonky horse. It was! <laughs> it was a very chonky horse. <laughs> it just made me think of my cat, Iggy. I was like, that's a chonky boy. Yeah. Very cute. Very cute. Chonky <laughs> horse. Yeah. Last happy. fun fact. Yes. Okay. 
So this is the last feature. This is the last feature in which Disney legend Ward Kimball worked as an animator. Oh, We've been wow. talking about him for a long time. Yeah. And if you remember, Disney had promoted Kimball to director for his TV shows in 1954, but then demoted him back to animator after the two had a falling out in 61. So with such a huge success of Mary Poppins, Disney had a change of heart and he restored Kimball to director's position, which he kept until he retired in 1973. That's awesome. Yep. Ward is like Ooh. one of the Disney legends, you know? Oh, geez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <clears throat> I need some water after are you. That. Are Ooh. you tired of talking? No. Nah. Okay. In your sweet Epcot cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With McDonald's Buzz Lightyear from on McDonald's. It? Yeah, that's kind of random. Why is Buzz on here? We have those like McDonald's cups that happened in the 90s or something. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so um, <laughs> characters. We have Julie Andrews as Mary Puppins. So I guess I, I guess I just have a question of like your guys' thoughts of Mary as a, as a person. Is she a witch? Is she a witch? That's what, no. Michael says that and... Jane says, no, witches fly on brooms. They don't have to, though. We know that. Look at Hermione Granger. She hates flying. <laughs> She's a time lord. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right. She, I don't know. I think she has magical qualities, obviously. I, I don't know. I think she's a whole nother thing compared, like, compared to a witch. Not necessarily a witch. See, there's, there's, like, Alba Stumbledore. There's Mary Poppins. There is Willy Wonka. Like, all these people. There is um, the Doctor. Like, they all just coincide in this world of magic. Mm-hmm. Some of them are Time Lords. Some of them are witches. Some of them are magic candy people. Some of them are Mary Poppins. All right. I found an article. <laughs> God, that I is so <laughs> 10 Wild. Mary Poppins fan theories. Yes, I'm here for this. (laughs) Okay. So number one is that Mary Poppins studied at Hogwarts. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, she did. (laughs) What explains Mary's bottomless carpet bag? An undetectable extension charm. An undetectable extension charm, Hermione. mm -hmm. Her ability to fly with an umbrella. Oh my God, Hagrid style. Yeah. Got it. It can only be magic. And where do people learn how to cast spells? At Hogwarts, of course. Multiple Reddit threads contend that Mary Poppins was a student there, either a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw. I am going to go Ravenclaw. Me too. She's quite... Mm -hmm. She's much more of a Ravenclaw. What if she's a Slytherin? Ooh, she she knows how to make too. your mind fit her ways. That is very true. She's quite cunning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh my god, I like. I mean, her I'll take a... her. <laughs> I love the two that. Two pups here, are like, dang it. I know. <laughs> Merlin I and she's... Mary Poppins. You can't get both of those. Um. Yes, I can. <laughs> I think she's probably Slytherin or Ravenclaw. Would be. I don't really view her as a Hufflepuff. She's too like. Mm-mm. conniving but in a kind way you know what i mean kindly conniving she's kindly conniving <laughs> is that a thing it i love her Mary Poppins. <laughs> um and 
They also suggest that she probably attended Hogwarts the same time as Albus Dumbledore. Could be at the same age. But as we know, Mary doesn't age. Look at Mary Poppins Returns. Does she friends with Nicholas Flamel? Is she drinking some sort of elixir of life? Is she related to Mother Gothel? Oh, God. Does she have the flower (laughs) from Rapunzel? What's happening? I need someone to write a very detailed paper and explanation on this. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I expect it on my desk Monday morning. Kat, you'll like this one. Number two is she's a Time Lord. So another popular fan theory maintains that Mary Poppins is a Time Lord from Doctor Who and Bert is her former companion. Whoa. There's her carpet bag, which is bigger on the inside. Then there's her umbrella, which Redditors argue is an agglomation of her TARDIS and sonic screwdriver. Mary feels mm-hmm. compelled to help people, but disappears when the job is done, barely saying goodbye. That Dude. is valid. And also, uh, Missy, who was the master, if any of you watched Doctor Who, um, no. well, very much had a Mary Poppins look to her. When she showed up, because she wore that purple um, overcoat and the black boots and the hair. Like, she had a very darker Mary Poppins look to her. That's Ooh, awesome. a darker Mary Poppins. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, the third theory is that she was Bert's nanny. I love that. I love that, too, because yes. it also ties into the fact that, like, she doesn't age. Mm-hmm. You know? So in Supercalifragilis, let's start that word over again. In Supercalifragilistic Expialidocious, Bert sings that he was afraid to speak as a child until he heard the nonsensical word that changed everything. Where else would he have learned Supercalifragilistic Expialidocious if not for Mary? That's pretty epic. Some fans suggest that Mary taught it to him when he was young because she was his nanny. Bert is weirdly comfortable with her magic, finds joy in the dullest jobs, just as Mary teaches the children to find the fun in chores. On top of all that, the dancing penguins seem incredibly familiar with Bert, perhaps because he has been visiting their universe for decades. The jury may be out on this one, but Emily Blunt buys it. She She loved it. She buys it. She buys it. (laughs) She loved it. Which, it just, like, it fits with that. Yeah. I was about to say, I fully believe that purely because, like, just their relationship. Like, we we joke and say that we think the two of them are in love. But, like, their relationship is purely they have known each other. Yeah. A very long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we do know that. so down. We do know that Bert ages himself, right? Because Mm -hmm. he's mentioned in the next movie. But, like, maybe we don't know. He's mentioned... No, it's just kind of inferred. He's mentioned, but yeah, it's kind he's of mentioned by the lamplighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like you know, Mary's still, I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I just like it. Um, number four is that Bert and Mary were married. So all right, here you go, Kat. Maybe she, <laughs> maybe she wasn't Bert's nanny, but could Mary Poppins have been Bert's wife? The theory goes that Bert and Mary were happily married and desperately wanted children. Only Mary had trouble conceiving. Then she got sick. Bert picked up more and more odd jobs to pay her medical bills, but Mary passed away. She later returned to some kind of otherworldly being, 
working as a nanny to experience the motherhood she missed out on in life, but she eventually realized she's not Jane or Michael's mother and decided to move on, giving Bert some closure before she left for good. That's too sad for me. I was just about to say that. That's way too sad. No. That's so sad. Discredited. No. That's really sad. Don't like it. But also, it could be a really good, like... (laughs) It could be a really good, like... I don't know, person for people who are going through that to look up to. That's true. I don't know. True. For that's that super hard thing mm-hmm. to go through. I I'll can't even fine. imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this next one. <laughs> I just read it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Number five. Everyone is on drugs. <laughs> everyone. I mean, if you could jump into a chalk painting. Mm. Or a chalk drawing. Why did I say painting? Dear God, a chalk drawing. If you can walk on smoke. Right? Yes, if you can walk on smoke. (laughs) Mary Poppins might seem bright and cheery, but one theory insists it's actually a metaphor for drug addiction. Cracked has a whole five-point case, starting with Mary's frequent pleas for time off and checkered work history. Bert has an even harder time keeping a job. She's also prone to mood swings and spends a whole day in a two-dimensional world full of cartoons. Oh, and what's the deal with Uncle Albert? Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Uncle Albert. Uncle Albert. A.K.A. the Mad Hatter. It's literally yep. all I could hear the whole time he was laughing was the Mad Hatter. <laughs> he... That scene is, like, oh, it's, it's funny, but it's so pointless. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, I get that. It's funny that I, I, all these fun, there wasn't a whole ton, but I didn't pull all the fun facts, but I'm saying them anyway because they pop into my head. Um, so the director was Why known. Why did you pull all of them? Just pull all I don't know. The director <laughs> was known for being like a real stickler with the script, but he actually let Edwin. Um, Do his thing. Like improvise. Like some of that song, I believe, was improvised. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Number six is Bert is related to Mr. Banks's boss. So Dick Van Dyke is the only actor in Mary Poppins with dual on-screen roles. In addition to Bert, he plays Mr. Dawes Sr., who runs the bank where Mr. Banks works. Fans on Reddit claim that this is no coincidence. The elder Mr. Dawes is supposed to look like Bert because he's his father. Or maybe grandfather? Among other things, it would explain why Bert's Cockney accent is so bad. That's not how he talks. That's just a rich kid putting on an act. Oh my god. I feel like that's stretching it a bit. Yeah. Speaking of his accent, when we were in London, we did a um, a boat tour um, and, like, went under the Tower Bridge and stuff. Oh, and that guy had a Cockney accent. But he even said, he was like, I know I sound like Bart from Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, my God, we love you. <laughs> he did. That was so funny. Um, okay, the next one is Mary is a Greek goddess. Obviously. So did Mary descend from Mount Olympus? Yes. Multiple theories suggest she's Hestia, the Greek god of the of the hearth. Bless my soul, Poppins on a roll. On a mission to bring (laughs) peace back to the Banks' home. It would explain her magical powers as well as her vanity in the presence of mere mortals. I don't know about that one, but eh. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) This one says Mary is actually just God. So this theory rests entirely on the comic book series The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which features a mysterious cloaked figure in its third volume. She emerges from the sky, carries a bag and umbrella, and speaks of her concern for children. 
but most importantly, she's the only being powerful enough to take down an antichrist. Here, Mary Poppins is a manifestation of God, a fact she underlines by mentioning her appearance on every page of the Bible. Hmm. Airy. I don't know. Um, okay, this one I'm gonna say is a stretch. Okay. Mary is an evil witch intent on killing children. She loves them. How do they get this? Cat, your face. That's like, that's like opposite of what this is. I know. Cat's face is just like utterly horrified. So, oh my gosh. Not all witches are nice. Some Redditors believe that Mary is the mean kind of witch. Um, One that torments kids for kicks or sedates them with a spoonful of sugar so she can chop them up for potions and cream. What? I'm done. What? Done. Oh my no. god. Okay, last one. What? Andrew the dog is Maui from Moana. Okay, explain. All right, we we reached a point here. What? <laughs> <laughs> this went downhill since you said they were on drugs. I know. Is I this know. person on drugs? <laughs> I know. Before Mary Poppins even arrives, at least a dozen nannies respond to Mr. Banks's advertisement, but a mysterious gust of wind blows them all away. And one Disney theorist claims a Moana character is responsible. That's right. Maui, demigod of the wind and sea, orchestrated the whole thing so Mary would get the job. But where was he in the scene? Since Maui's a shapeshifter, the theory goes, he took the form of the Banks' family dog, Andrew, who remains firmly on the ground as the wind picks up. No. (laughs) I don't know what the heck that's even supposed to mean. Okay, Maui didn't even exist. Why is he in London? Okay, so I'm going to say my favorite ones are definitely that she was Bert's nanny. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that she is either a Time Lord or she studied at Hogwarts. Agreed. I like all of mm-hmm. those three. All, all three of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> good find. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen. No. I was so excited it did. <laughs> wow. All right. So next up is Bert, played by Dick Van Dyke who I think deserved every award in the book. I absolutely love him. He is hilarious. He's charming. He's entertaining to watch. Like, just watching him dance, his singing. Like, it's all spectacular. He is, like, how I want to act as a person. Just, like, yeah, just, like, so happy. Just, like, so happy-go-lucky. And, like, doesn't doesn't care if he looks silly. Like, he likes to make people laugh and likes to entertain people. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I loved it. He he just has this youthful energy that he always kept, and I think that's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like that he was, like, mischievous, too. Even in front of Mary mm-hmm. Poppins, which I think reiterates her being his nanny at one I point agree. in time. I like that. I really like yeah. that theory. Yeah. It's I really, really cool. like that theory a lot. I'm going to say she studied at Hogwarts and was Bert's nanny. That's my, my take. If I knew more about Dr. Hoop, Dr. Hood? What the heck is my problem? <laughs> Dr. Who? I would probably be more on board with that, too. I just don't know enough about it to be like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. There are some people who think that Dr. Who and Harry Potter are all one fandom, too. So, hey, it's Whoa. fine. <laughs> I'm open to all suggestions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all just one big magical universe, right? Yeah. Um, so... Tiny-wimey, wibbly-wobby stuff. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to sort Bert into Hufflepuff. Yes. Yes. He's just, Bert. he's a puff. Bert. I like your shirt. Do you remember that? I do. 
Do you want to explain it to everybody listening so that it's not just a random inside joke that people don't get? No, of course not. Uh, we met Bert from The Used, and someone said, I like your shirt, and he sang that song, and I, it has stuck with me for we like sing 10 it years. All the time. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, George Banks. George so, Banks. For most of this film, I truly dislike him. <laughs> Thousand percent. Um, he comes yep. in and he's like, I'm the man of the house, I'm on schedule, blah, blah, blah. I'm so great. Part of it is the times and, like, yes. what they're portraying. So I get that, and that's fine. Down with the times. But, again, watching it in 2020, he just infuriates me <laughs> at times. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm grateful, though, like, where he gets to in the end. Yes, oh my you know? god. It is a big redemption. A bank's demption. I like that. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I like it. Um, I kind of feel like he's a Slytherin. He's just very ambitious with his job and kind of shrewd, I guess, at times. But then he comes around. He ends up being like a good, you know, good guy. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I don't know. I think he's a Slytherin, but I also think he ends up being a Gryffindor at the end. You can change. Mm-hmm. Because he's very, like, true to his himself by the end and mm-hmm. sticks by his family, even when, like, the bank judiciary guys are, like, punching out his hat and ripping off his flower and all that. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, those two are so super similar too. So he mm-hmm. just kind of reminds me a little bit at times of um, like Draco's story arc. How like he he's not as intense as Draco, like with being a butt. bad, but like his whole like Draco really at the bot you know at the at the end of the day he cares about his family. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And um, I, I just feel like it's kind of similar. So, all right, all I don't right, know. All right, mm-hmm. Winifred Banks. I enjoy her, but I do did not like the one scene how she just like literally left the kids. Um, she's like, "Well, who the heck is gonna watch the children? I don't know. How about you?" I <laughs> 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 love her song. I yes, I do song. too. I love her song too. Um, I really like. I really enjoy her character for the most part. It's literally just that mm-hmm. one scene where I'm just like, "Why don't you just take them with you? Like, show them the importance of what you're fighting for, and like have them get involved with you. Like, that could have been super. Like, they get to go with their dad to the bank, you know. So like, yeah. why not go with their mom for a scene? I thought that that would have been really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Time, but then step in time wouldn't have happened. So you know, it's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um. Winifred, I'm also going to say that she's a Slytherin. I was going to go Gryffindor. Mm, mm-hmm. I could see both. I see more Gryffindor. She's out there on the front lines. Okay. Throwing eggs at people. That's not ambition. No. It's daring. She's brave and daring, yeah. A Slytherin would be like, yeah, go do that. You know what I'm saying? What are you trying to say about me? You put the idea in their heads, they do it. Oh. I do things. 
No, yeah, she is actually probably Gryffindor. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't put many people in Gryffindor. I don't know why, but I just never do. Because everybody wants to be in I Gryffindor. Know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. You get um, all the merch. Who is Ellen? The, the maid? Yeah. Okay, so next up is Ellen, who is Hermione Badalay. Hermione. Her name's Hermione. I mean, clearly Mary went to Hogwarts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a Hufflepuff, if anything. Oh, for sure. She made me laugh. She's just, like, such good comic relief, like... I mean, not that you need comic relief in this movie, because, like, you're laughing for many parts of it, but, like... I don't know. She's she's just a nice, like... What is the word I'm looking for? Just, like, a breath of... She's comic relief a little bit. Breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. She's nice. I like her a lot. I like that, mm-hmm. like, she likes to complain, but she really does yeah. love the family. Right. Um, like, you know she would be there for anything in a heartbeat, but then, like, when Mrs. Banks needs someone to watch the children, she's like, don't you look at me! <laughs> Not <Heck> me! No. <laughs> so, I enjoyed her. But I think I'd make her a squib. What? Oh. No, she's a Hufflepuff. Why a squib? Because I feel like... I don't know. She's loyal to the family. I know. I don't know why not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like... She's like a Mrs. Fig squib. She's okay. cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. just kind of like mm-hmm. goes with the flow. Well, and especially if, and I know we're not talking Saving Mr. Banks, but if you, especially if you think about her continuation to that, played by the wonderful Julie Walters. Um, I can see the squib side a lot more <laughs> because she's doesn't really pay attention to what's happening but is supportive of everyone no matter what and like keeps an eye on everybody yeah yeah yes i agree Mm -hmm. i can see squib or hufflepuff all right i'm fine with that um let's combo jane and michael Mm -hmm. so jane and Mm -hmm. michael banks are the two young children like i said before both of them star in the movie thomasina before this as well what is it called fully the The whole the not no the three lives the of three lives yeah the three lives of mm. Thomasina, it's quite weird. It's everyone's on drugs. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> so, um, so they make their you know return in Mary Poppins, which I think that uh, this is a much better film for them. Dude, Michael's faces. He's so funny. Me. He's so funny. I like, we are not a codfish. <laughs> I love Jane's sass at him, like, when they're talking to Bert. And she's like, Michael, be quiet. Like, she just, like, her sass. Yeah. I know. She's, like, just such like the, the older, older sister. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. I think that they're charming. They're cute. They are, I don't know. They're, like, too young to be sorted. You can't. I know. They're just, they're just kids, yeah, no. you know? They're, they're kids. They haven't kids. gotten their letter yet. Yeah. True. And then last, but definitely not least, we have Uncle Albert, who was played by Ed Wynn, who also is the voice of the Mad Hatter, like I said before. Um, And he, yeah, I'm not really sure I fully understand that scene or, like, really why it's there is just this, you know, this part to just laugh a bunch. Because watching people laugh makes people laugh. 
even if like what they're saying isn't necessarily <laughs> funny. So like just seeing and uh, let's be honest, Edwin's laugh is like the best. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go full on Hufflepuff for him. He is literally yes. just like yes, the cheerfulest person. I just made that word up. Cheerfulest. Yeah. Cheeriest. Cheeriest. He's the cheeriest person ever. Also, like, the dad jokes that were going on there gave so good. me life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they would, like, bang on the ceiling because they're laughing so hard. It's hilarious. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Awards? Yeah. We're going to talk about awards. Let's talk awards. Kat, I feel like you had things you wanted to say, so I would love for yeah. you to say all the things. So, you all know that I'm a huge film buff. Yes. And... One of my favorites was definitely about the story of how Julie Andrews and Audrey Hepburn are both nominated that year for Best Actress. Audrey Hepburn for My Fair Lady, where Audrey Hepburn did not sing. It was not her singing in that film. Mm-hmm. Maybe that had to do with the reason why she didn't win. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that because Julie Andrews did sing and dance and all of her stuff in her film. Yeah. Now, Audrey was also more known as a dancer too, but My Fair Lady didn't have much dancing. So she did not win. She lost against Julie Andrews and people for years, for years thought the two of them hated each other. Hmm. But in reality, Julie Andrews has said they never really hated each other. They just were like acquaintances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, you but, can't hate somebody if you don't hang out with them really. Right? Yeah. True that. Exactly. But if you want a fun, entertaining moment, go watch Julie Andrews' acceptance speech at the Oscars that year for awesome. um, Mary Poppins. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, that was my one like really big fun fact about the awards because it was, like you said, it was one of the first like big films for Disney yeah. to win all that many Academy Awards and it really shows with all the work that was put into it and all the songs and the Sherman brothers and yeah, the passion that went behind it. You can tell it's like a total work of love from like so many different people. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to oh, read yeah. through them so that people, cause I, I said, I'm kind of quick in the beginning, but I'll like name names and everything as well. So mm-hmm. Julie Andrews, like we just said, won Best Actress in a Leading Role, and this is for the 1965 Academy Awards. Um, Best Film Editing went to Cotton Warburton for Mary Poppins. Warburton. The Oscar for Best Effects Special Visual Effects went to Peter Ellen Shaw. (gasps) That's, I told you his name was Peter, I couldn't remember. Yeah, like, I think it's Pete. Pete something. He has done so many of those painted backgrounds for Disney films mm-hmm. up till this point. Since like the dawn of time. I know. There's been painting backgrounds. Didn't he do like all of Sleeping Beauty? He did so much. He um, he did a lot. Yeah. And then also working with Peter Ellenshaw's Hamilton Lusk and Eustace Lysette. Ooh, he has minions. He has minions. Um, best music, substantially original score to the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. Best picture. Best director to Robert Stevenson. Best writing and screenplay based on material from another medium to Bill Walsh and Don Gr- Don DeGrady. Best cinema. Oh, that was a nomination. I'm sorry. Also, this didn't win best picture. I thought it did. 
Didn't it? I don't know. I thought it did. Maybe it's looking. It says nomination. Nominee. Earned this is on IMDb. Nomination. Yeah. All right. Well, it was just nominated. Um, the director also was just a nomination, and the best writing was a nomination. Best cinematography nomination to Edward Coleman. Best art direction, set direction, and color was a nomination. Best costume design was a nomination. Best sound was a nomination. And also best music, scoring of music adaption or treatment was a nomination. On top of that, it was nominated for four Golden Globes. And Julie Andrews also won the best actress in a comedy or musical for a Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. And comedy she also and won together? the, yeah. Weird. She also won the most promising newcomer to leading film roles at the BAFTA Awards that year. So. Yeah. First film. Boom. Yeah. Done. Out the gate. She can retire. She's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a bunch of, you know, there's, oh, oh, also best original score written for a motion picture, Sherman Brothers Grammy Award. Nice. They won. They also mm-hmm. won for best recording for children. So, and then there's, I mean, honestly, there's a ton, a ton. So. Yes. Of other nominations. All right. It's time for the fun part. Although this has all been fun. It's all fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Time to talk about our favorite parts of the movie, your character, favorite scene. Who wants to go first? Mm-hmm. Kat, you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, my favorite part is for sure a tie um, between the chalk drawing and where they go on the carousel and i've always loved the penguins the penguins was truly oh my god one of those scenes i watched over and over as a kid and um step in time on the rooftop that was right? what made me like as a kid want to learn how to dance was watching that i always thought it was so cool do you have a mm-hmm. favorite character mm. i know right <laughs> <laughs> Who do I pick? <laughs> Who do I pick? I, you know, I always want to say Mary and Bert, but I feel like that's everybody's answer. But truly, it's Mary and Bert, and then a right. close, close one next to that is Jane because I really do love her sass. She just, she's like so responsible for her little brother, and so like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like she's just such a good big sis- big sister. Yeah. But then she has that sassy, fun quality to her where she can put him in line and I think that's really cool. Totally. And they can't be that many mm-hmm. years apart. Maybe no, like they, one or they two. They look like maybe yeah, I was about to say one or two. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mhm. You want to go? Sure. Um favorite scene is the penguin scene it is just i love bert in this scene um he just like steals the show there i feel Mm -hmm. like whenever whenever he like pulls his pants down and then he like (laughs) looks like a penguin like i just it's so cute and funny um and then definitely closely followed behind by step in time i just it's so it's just choreographed so well i used to dance when i was younger so like i can appreciate all of the effort that went into choreographing and making sure that that scene, like, oh, and then especially finding out that they had to do it twice. Oh my God. I just, 
I can't imagine. And still looking that peppy and happy. Yeah. I know. They look so... I'd have been they like, you know like what? They did it the first time. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite character, honestly, it's really close. But I think that Bert edges out for me. I just think that he's so charming and funny. And then on top of the fact that, like, Dick Van Dyke also plays, um, is it Mr. Dawes? Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. really just like Dick Van Dyke. He's just yeah. awesome. He's pretty great. Yeah. Um, God, how do you pick a favorite scene? Like it's hard. I know. There's so many good ones. You guys stole two of mine. I, the penguin dude. I was like, look at his pants. I know like, she was like dying. Laughing. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed when the nannies blow away because that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously the dancing on the chimney tops. And then uh, one part that kills me is when um, Mr. Dawes gets the joke of the wooden leg. <laughs> and he just keeps repeating it and repeating it. And, and then, then you see it dawn laugh. on him. Yeah, and his laugh. Oh, my God. And then his son is like, Daddy, daddy freaking out. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Um, so I also did all those. not remember that he actually dies. Meg's like, oh, my God, he actually dies. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, I totally forgot about um, Jolly Holiday. Like, I have, like, almost no mm-hmm. record, or no um, memory When is that it. sung? In the chalk painting. That's what I thought. Okay. The kids go the run off. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they're like, let's go take a stroll. And then they go to the penguins. And um, they never get their tea or the things they order. I wanted to see what they're going to eat. But anyway, favorite character, Bert might win out. I don't know. There's something like I, I love Mary, but like I know, just Bert is. There's something about what it, Mary calls he's him, so like a, a proper gentleman. He's just so he's funny so and jolly so sweet and happy, and, and he takes what mm-hmm. life gives him and he rolls with it. No matter what role he's in, he does a good job. Yeah, yeah, and for that, he's an ultimate Hufflepuff for sure. And also shout out to Michael because his facial expressions give me <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And like you almost don't like if you're not paying attention to it, you'll miss it because it'll mm-hmm. be so quick. But mm-hmm. it's just like a perfect reaction. To or it's just going like on. in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite Michael reaction is um, in the Mr. Dawes scene where I think it was after they were told it was Dick who was playing the part. You literally see him laughing. <laughs> or him trying not to laugh like I, I i saw him do this like funny half smile like he was trying not to laugh and then he turned his head and i was like oh oh he knew <laughs> it was so funny i was he's like just so cute. he's just so adorable cute. he makes me think of like um to bring it back to harry potter because always chris columbus who directed the first two movies was talks about rupert he's like i've never seen a like a kid with that face before like he just has such a unique face and like his facial expressions remind his me facial, very much of yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i like, see just that yeah. one of a kind <laughs> <laughs> they both look like they would have been troublemakers on set and we know that rupert was based on interviews behind the scenes mm-hmm. of the cast for harry potter mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what about a least favorite cap can you pick a least, least favorite, favorite? <laughs> Like it's so have hard. To. I, know, right? I, I, I love the whole movie. I'll be real. I think my least favorite is as amazing as Dick Van Dyke is. The bank. 
the bank scene is just it's it slows the movie down. I do remember as a kid, like I didn't enjoy it because I was like, I'm bored. Like, this is pointless. And it never made sense to me, like, why the kids really got in trouble and, like, they ran away. And yeah, all of that just felt so, like, a jumbled kind of mess compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I So you. I think that's my least favorite scene. And the um, least favorite character... Sorry, Mr. Banks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you turn out great in the end, but you mansplain. He mansplains in the beginning to his own wife. And it's just like, oh, God. It's like, like watching it last night. I was it was uncomfortable watching mm-hmm. him at points. I was like, this is oh, God, no, just please stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. But then it's like, oh, it's just worth it to watch it for because you, you see his full arc. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. My least favorite character is Mr. Banks. I just, I don't appreciate his mansplaining. I don't appreciate his housewife wants for his wife and just very stuck in the times. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like, I do appreciate his character arc and he comes around at the end. But since I have to pick a least favorite, he's it. Um, least favorite scene... Hmm. I think it might be kind of like, honestly, the very beginning whenever the kids run away and like <laughs> Mrs. Banks doesn't really seem to care all that much. She's like just kind all. of like, mm. oh, it happens all the time. Like Mr. Banks is going to be angry. And then he's just like blaming the nanny. Like, it's her yeah. fault, and it's, like, clearly this is a pattern. She does her best. So, like, I like I get the importance of it, and, like, it's important to see, like, why their, their nanny is leaving and all of that. But, eh, I could just, you know, obviously yeah. the rest of the movie's a lot better. Um, least favorite scene. I didn't care for the bank song um, that, like, all the old guys sing. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't. So I liked the scene, but there's a part in it I don't. So when um, Michael and Jane are reading their adver- advertisement for a nanny, and it's so sweet and it's yeah. so cute, and um, Mrs. Banks is all like, yeah, like, let's hear it. That sounds great. And Mr. Banks keeps trying to interrupt, like, of all the ridiculous, like, I can't believe this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he gets there in the end, like, these are, these are kids. You should be... Um, totally into your imagination and like exploring the world that way and he finally gets there but in that moment he's just like so cut off from anything having to do with any sort of imagination or creative thought or anything right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like frustrating it. yeah 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 so i guess he would be my least favorite character like you guys said exact same things i love his arc but like god you just like you just want to hit him a couple times yeah. i have to give a special shout out to the admiral yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude's awesome. And how he comes back in Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, I was and about to say, how does he he's live? Older, right? Yeah, I know. really. So it's just like such a quirky, fun little part of the movie that doesn't really add a whole lot of plot. But like, I'm glad it's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Posts, mm-hmm. posts. <laughs> I asked Meg, I was like, why do they have anything in their house? <laughs> Honestly, they should just What's like the have nothing there. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, all right. What we took away from it. Oh, man. It's loaded. 
I, I mean, I have the obvious one here. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, that's very true. Very obvious. Go and feed um, the birds. Go feed the birds. Go family. Fly <laughs> yeah. Spend time with your family. I think yeah. it's such a big one. And like appreciate your family and appreciate each other too. Yeah. You stole mine, so I'm gonna say Sorry. No, that's awesome. Um don't ever downplay the wonder of a child. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I talk all the time about how I hate when people say things about like age. They need to grow up, or you need to grow up, or... And it's like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm almost 30, but I still can have five-year-old thoughts where I'm like, I wonder what would happen if this happened. And that's awesome, because that can lead me to, like, some crazy idea that fits into my adult life. You know what I mean? like, I want to ride the teacups at Magic Kingdom. Don't (laughs) tell me I can't, even though I'm 30. (laughs) Right, right. Just, like, always keep that part of you open, because you'll miss a lot in life. If you don't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get caught up in routine life too. And it, like sometimes you really just need to stop and remember to jump into a chalk drawing or, you know, whatever. Side it's note, so I, I dislike the teacups. I don't know why I picked that ride. I should have picked a different one. <laughs> I, can't I was going to say, you don't like teacups. I know that's a fact. We had to drag you on them. <laughs> when we visited Disneyland for the first time, she's like, are you going to ride the teacups with me? I'm like, one time because you we're here. You gotta do it once because it's outside with no cover and it's pretty. I love their teacups because they're yeah. pretty. But it's also just the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Katie, when you turn 31 and 30, it doesn't go away. You still want to be a child. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I have like two months no a month and a half you're cl- no two Ooh. months no what is it i have approximately what is your two- watch gonna tell you <laughs> it tells me the date you like did it so much <laughs> it tells me the date <laughs> i have well when this comes out i'll have like a month and three weeks ish you're old <sighs> you're not it's just a number mm, and you're I was, not old. i'm supposed to be at disney world for my birthday but that's probably not gonna happen Meg, we will parade around this house in our Mickey ears. Oh, I know. I bet you Disney won't e- won't be open yet. Yeah, honestly, Ooh, it's gonna be. Mm. Everyone, stay safe. Yes, stay safe. All right, we want some more cheer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This week's Disney memory comes from Sarah Rowland. Hello, I recently got into your podcast and. Love hearing about movies that I might not have seen. I have countless Disney memories, but one is from when I was so young that I just remember from my parents' stories. Growing up, my grandparents lived in Orlando, so we would go down to Florida every year to visit Mickey and my grandparents. Obviously, you were there to visit Mickey, right? Right. Always Mickey. (laughs) What a great childhood. When I was very young, I was terrified of the characters. So in an afternoon nap in those classic blue strollers, my parents saw Minnie and had her come over so that they would have at least one picture of me with the character. As Minnie was posing with me, I promptly woke up right when the picture was being taken. I look up and scream as this giant mouse was over me. (laughs) A well-trained Minnie then runs away from the screaming kid down Main Street, USA. Sorry, Minnie. (laughs) Also, Megan, my favorite character is Winnie the Pooh. I have a classic Pooh bear that was one of the last gifts my grandma bought bought for me. It's my favorite. Thank you for doing this podcast. 
Thank you for sending us your story. That's hilarious. Ooh, that is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. You should like you should go back and be like, you know, when I met you as a kid, I screamed in your face. And just see how she reacts. <laughs> it brings back so many character attendant memories. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sure. If you bring it up, she'll remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, she'll remember it. Oh. All right, so if you'd like to share your Disney memory, something hilarious like that, please. We all need some more light in our life right now. Um, email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It can be anything Disney related, so send it in and we'll be sure to feature it on the show. Yes. And we want to give a huge shout out. Thank you to Kat for joining us again on an episode. Yay. Thank you guys. I loved it. I can't wait to come back again. Kat, you're just wonderful. Yeah. I know. I miss you guys. <laughs> I know. I know. We miss, you, we miss you too. When the mm-hmm. craziness is over, we'll get dinner. Yes. Because yes. you know we'll be down in Florida the second we can't be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'm going to have all these flight credits. <laughs> to God. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, it's your turn. Yeah. Go for it. Thanks. Yeah. Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and on Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch Emile and the Detectives ahead of next week's episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.